I have a bias toward thinking that men are more evil than women. My bias is informed by the fact that 90% of the murders in America are committed by men. 98% of sexual assaults are committed by men. 93% of armed burglaries are committed by men. 88% of the simple assaults are committed by men. And so it seems reasonable then to look at those facts and to think men in general are worse sinners than women. That is, at least they commit more violent sins. So when I come to the Bible, I have a bias toward the exceeding sinfulness of man. In fact, I have a built-in aversion towards thinking of women as evil. Uh, partly, I think that's statistical, like the ones I just gave. Women don't do as many publicly bad things as men. And partly it's because my mother was a woman, and, and my wife is a woman, and my daughter is a woman, and I choke on attaching the word evil to them. Um, and partly it's because I think uh, masculinity is, uh, at least in my conceptions of it, more tough, more hard-hitting, more physically aggressive, and, and women is more tender, more gentle, more nurturing, and those are things that heal from evil rather than do evil. So I've got this built-in bias against thinking of women as exceedingly evil. And so when I come to the Bible, I, I bring this. And what I find is that before the Holy Spirit unites us to Christ, and before he gives us spiritual life and sight and faith, before we are forgiven, before we are justified, before we are reconciled to God, we are all dreadfully evil. We, meaning every single human being on the planet, every ethnicity, every age group, from conception to death, religious or irreligious, moral or immoral, male or female, no exceptions. We are in a dreadful condition apart from Christ. So, for example, the Bible says, and, and here I will just try to overcome my bias and say these things about women. So, if you take offense at this, I'm sorry. Women are dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2. Women loved darkness rather than light, John 3. Women were by nature children of wrath, Ephesians 2. Women were not able to understand spiritual things, 1 Corinthians 2. Women were not able to submit to God's law, Romans 8. Women were slaves of sin, Romans 6. Women were not righteous at all did no true good, Romans 3.10. Women were always suppressing the truth of God, Romans 1. Women did only evil, 
continually, Genesis 6, women because did only evil because all that is not from faith is sin. Romans 14, 23, women were without faith and it is impossible to please God without faith so that everything they did displeased God. Women were separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world, Ephesians 2. So my bias is blown to smithereens by the Bible. Women and men are thoroughly depraved, alienated from God, and apart from the saving work of Christ and hearing the gospel and the work of the Holy Spirit, we are, they are, I am undone in my dreadful depravity. Three implications or inferences. Number one, this means, first of all, that the proposal that a greater depravity in men and a lesser depravity in women accounts for those crime statistics. It doesn't. There is no greater depravity in men. There is no lesser depravity in women when it comes to the root corruption of the human heart. There is no deader than dead. If you're dead, you're dead. And dead doesn't have degrees. Dying has degrees. Dead doesn't have degrees. None is righteous does not mean, but a few women are. Paul explains how this can be when he says, whatever is not from faith is sin. Before Christ and before faith, all people do is sin. That's all they do. Even our so-called virtues <coughs> are sinful. Why? Hebrews 11:6 without faith it is impossible to please God all women have ever done before Christ is displeased God therefore before Christ comes into our lives all women all men only sin we displease God in everything we do and our moral corruption is intractable. We are absolutely helpless. There is nothing we can do for ourselves. And therefore, the crime statistics cannot be explained by a woman's lesser depravity and a man's greater depravity. That's implication number one. Implication number two. The explanation, rather, of those statistics lies elsewhere, namely, that the depravity is given form by nature. And in the process, nature is deformed by depravity. Let me try to explain that double implication. Depravity is given form by nature, 
And in the process, nature is deformed by depravity. By nature, I mean female nature, male nature. Paul speaks in Romans 1.26, women exchanged natural relations for those that were contrary to nature. Nature is what we are by <coughs> creation, not by depravity. Female nature and male nature did not come into being at fall. <coughs> they were given with God in creation. We don't make, and sin doesn't make, our natures, God did. But our depravity is given form by nature. And in the process, that nature is deformed by depravity. So when I say depravity is <clears throat> given form by nature, I mean, for example, in men, depravity may take on some of its form from male nature. There are aspects of male nature created by God for good, which when hijacked by depravity, become ugly, violent, cruel. Similarly, there are aspects of female nature, which when hijacked by depravity, become manipulative, scheming, doting, or even more dramatically, depravity may so distort male and female nature as if to exchange the one for the other. <coughs> Paul shows in Romans 1, God can restrain these deformations or he can hand us over to them. So, the point is that the criminal statistics I mentioned earlier are not owing to a woman's lesser depravity or a man's greater depravity. They are owing, brother, they are owing to the hijacking of our natures by depravity. These peculiar differences taking on different forms of evil, not because there is a difference in depravity. Finally, number, number three. Third implication. Therefore, conversion to Christ, redemption through the gospel, Renewal by the Holy Spirit is not the creation or the nullification of female nature. You don't become a woman by being saved. Rather, the new creation in Christ is the rescue of female nature from all its deformations caused by depravity. But it's more than rescue. This is difficult to put into words, but I'll do my best. I don't think in Christ women are simply restored to pre-fall Eve. Union with Christ 
is more than recovery of pristine pre-fall femaleness. In breaking the power of depravity by crucifying it in Christ, God did more than rescue the original female nature. He also made woman a participant in the very thing that she and the man had been foreshadowing for thousands of years, namely the union of Christ with his bride. Now in Christ, the redeemed woman says, I was not made to be merely a natural woman. I was made to be a part of a supernatural woman. I am a woman brought into being not only by creation, but by crucifixion and by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I am a woman who draws her everlasting identity not from union with any mortal man, but by union with the God-man. I am caught up into the bride in whom I find the fullness of what it meant from the beginning for me to be by nature a woman, and then wonder of wonders, I find this nature without being destroyed is being transposed every day from shadow to reality by union with Christ. And that's what the redeemed woman says. <coughs> and now, in Christ, the natural tenderness, the natural gentleness, the natural nurturing of the created female nature is not only set free from deformations of manipulation or scheming or doting or reversal and from all the associations with spiritual and intellectual and emotional weakness, but even more, far more, this created female nature is now infused by the Spirit and the power of the omnipotent Christ so that this tenderness and this gentleness and this nurturing become the invincible, fearless, supportive hands of Christ himself. Amen.